before I take you back to this episode, I want to let you know that you can book me for training and workshops around negotiation and conflict resolution. And that could be in a half a day, a full day. It can be online or face to face. So just email admin at lifemediation.com.au and let us know that you're interested. And then we work out what it is that you need and how we can move forward. In this episode, I'm going to answer two questions that I get asked on a daily basis. The first question is, what is mediation? What's the process? What happens in mediation? And the second question is, if I have to do mediation, what do I need to think about and what do I need to prepare? So I'm answering both these questions in this episode. So please listen to it and share it with anyone who needs to hear this. I am Lizana Eriks. I'm a conflict resolution specialist and I've been a mediator and facilitator for over 12 years. I've been a finalist for the Australian Mediator of the Year Award for the last two years and I train, coach and mentor people to become highly effective in conflict resolution and negotiation so they can create the relationships they want in their homes and their boardrooms. Over the years, I've become deeply passionate about conflict resolution and negotiation because I see how much suffering it is causing people and it just does not have to be this way. When people truly get how conflict impacts their life and put the work in to get effective at conflict resolution, they get to experience deep connections with other people, freedom, self-expression and love. Have a look at the highlights on my Instagram page, Lisanna Eriks underscore life mediation to find out more about what I do and why I do it. This podcast is dedicated to bringing you the conversations, insight and tools you need for you to switch on your inner conflict resolution and negotiation muscles and get you to a completely different level where you can resolve conflict powerfully and create the relationships you want in your life. Think about it. What would life be like if you would not be afraid of dealing with conflict and you would deal with it easily and quickly? It would change the game dramatically, wouldn't it? So let's get into talking about how to do this. Welcome to Conversations to Cut the Conflict. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Conversations to Cut the Conflict. I was thinking this week about what could I share with you that would make a real difference to you and I thought about something that, you know, I just want to address something that I get lots and lots of questions about and that's really around like what is mediation, what actually is it and, you know, people don't understand what it is, they don't know what the process is and also how should you prepare for mediation, so what is something that you can do to get a better outcome when you're in these kind of situations. I also like you to think about if you would have to negotiate you know when I talk about mediation you could also go okay well maybe I'm not in a mediation but I'm negotiating for myself and this might make a difference to you as well so always think about your own situation when I'm speaking because I'll give you examples of you know what I see in my work and what I experience myself but it's always really valuable for you to think about okay how does this apply to me so okay so let's just start with what is mediation? So mediation is when a facilitator, and you know I'm a mediator, so I do it all the time, is facilitating a conversation between two people or more people, like uh, with companies or business or whatever it might be, more parties. But you know, for the sake of this conversation, I'm just going to talk about having two people in front of me because that's easier to explain. So I guess the word facilitate really says it all. So when you look at the facilitative model, that's one of the models that we use in mediation. The mediator just facilitates the conversation. What that means is that the mediator doesn't give advice doesn't give an opinion and also is neutral so that's one of the reasons as a mediator if you start giving advice or opinions you often side with one person and that's not the point of mediation you know whatever everyone is feeling or seeing or 
experiencing or whatever their opinion is, it's all valid. It is what you're working with. So, you know, how the mediation process works when you do it with me and with some other mediators, it might be slightly different, but I'll share my process so people can think, uh, you know, about who they want to, you need to think about who you want to engage with anyway and what it is that, you know, suits your needs. So always ask the mediator. That's the first thing. Ask the mediator, what is their process? What is it that they do and how does it work? What does it cost? So you know exactly what you're walking into, right? So my process is I have an intake session with each client first. So that means I spend an hour, an hour and a half with each party where we just talk. And I have lots of questions to ask, but normally I just want to know what has been happening for that person. You know, what is their story? And by them telling me their story, we get to know each other a little bit. We can build some rapport because it is important that clients trust me to, you know, do the process for them and work with me. And based on their story, I do a little bit of conflict coaching. And sometimes that can look a little bit like challenging because I ask really challenging questions. And I do want people to think about, you know, what's happening for the other party. And if it's about children, like how is this impacting the children? And what can you do to make this easier for them? And is there anything you can change? So, you know, it's a little bit of coaching. There's lots of listening. There's just, you know, if it's about family matters, obviously there's safety questions that I have to ask, you know, how safe is everyone going to be? But also in workplace, like, I want people to be emotionally safe in mediation. So I help you identify the things that you have to do still before mediation to get more clear on things or feel more confident or whatever it may be to, you know, for you to get the best mediation session possible, but also for you to feel, you know, as confident as possible. So the intake sessions actually have a lot of value in that. Sometimes People don't even get to mediation, but they still email me and say, that was really great because I got so much out of the intake. So it's information sharing, it's listening to someone's story, and sometimes it's the first time that someone actually tells their story, some coaching and preparation for the mediation session. So a lot happens in there. And then after that one person's come in, I go and invite the other person in when it's about a family matter. If it's a workplace matter, obviously everyone already knows that I'm coming to interview them or have an intake. So that will all be organized beforehand. But if it's in a family law context, I will invite the other party in for mediation. So if they come to mediation, then I'll have an intake session with them as well. If it is about property, uh, about parenting, sorry, and the other person doesn't want to come, then the person that has seen me can ask me for a certificate so they can go to the family court. So a lot of people think that there are certificates there for property or financial settlement, but there are not. So they don't exist. So, you know, you can tell the magistrate, if you go to court, I try to mediate, here's my invoice, but for property at the moment, there are no certificates there yet. And of course, I am talking in the Australian context here, yeah? But so I do think that will be coming in the near future. Courts want people to mediate and work out, you know, their own arrangement. And that goes for all kinds of mediation. So it could be workplace, building disputes, whatever it may be, family, because research shows that when people work out their own arrangements, they are more inclined to actually do the agreement. And it just works better because, you know, you guys are the people that are the experts on your life, on your work situation, on your business, on your family, whatever you are mediating about, the people who are mediating about it are the experts. So otherwise, the magistrate has to gather information or get information put in front of them, really. And they don't have to make a decision, but they don't really know everything, right? So that's why mediation can be so powerful. So let's see. So the mediator is neutral, so it doesn't take sides. The mediator doesn't give advice. And there are a lot of processes, I guess, that are called mediation that are not really mediation. So 
there are people out there who are practicing that do give advice and say, well, this is what's going to happen in court or things like that. I don't have an issue with that. But the only thing that is problematic at times is that it's all called mediation. Well, that is more conciliation and it's just a different process. And I think from my perspective, everyone should know exactly what the process is that they're going into and what their other options are. Because for me, it's really important that clients know what kind of processes they are and what would suit them best and for them to choose what it is that they think is the best way forward. So let's say that the other person comes in and says, yep, I want to mediate, no problem. So they have an intake session too. So what this does is that the mediator has a lot of background about what's been happening for those people. You know, both clients also feel that the mediator has listened to them and knows their story. And what that does is that in mediation, you don't have to repeat over and over again about what's happened because everyone knows that the mediator knows right? Because a mediation is very future focused. That's another thing about mediation. It's really about, okay, all that in the past, it didn't work. It just didn't because that's why you're here where you are. And we're not going to have an argument to mediation about, well, on the 4th of August, I'm making this up, obviously, but you said this and I said this and then this happened and then that happened and then X, Y, Z happened and the other person says, yes, no, it didn't happen. Yes, it did. And you go around in a circle arguing. No, that didn't happen. Yes, that did happen, etc., etc. I will say in a situation like that, listen, what I get from this is that it didn't work. So what kind of agreements or what kind of conversations do you need to have so for that not to happen again? So the mediation is very much about the future and that's where it's different from counseling. I don't go into too much. Sometimes we talk a little bit about the past because it's necessary, because it informs some of the decisions that are made now. But in general, we're moving forward. So when I do mediation between couples who want to stay together and stay married, like also look at, okay, what can you put in place now so you don't have the issues that you're experiencing? Because I find sometimes, sometimes it's really useful to talk about the past and really work through something. But sometimes it's also really useful just to make new agreements and then start doing something else. And then the past, you know, mistrust or whatever it might be can actually disappear. And it doesn't mean it doesn't have to be acknowledged. I get that. But sometimes I think we get a bit stuck in the past and, you know, no one can move forward because everyone just keeps being right about what happened and right about what what the other person did and how awful they are and nothing will change. So when you come to mediation, one of the things that is really important to prepare is an opening statement because a mediator will always ask you for your opening statement. So my advice is to keep that really light and future focused. So you don't want to go and and be all really negative about everything that's happened. You can say something like, well, I'm here because I really want to resolve our issues because I'm really committed to moving forward. And, you know, I think it's really important that our relationship will stay amicable or become amicable in whatever context that is, business or family. And These are the topics I want to talk about. So when you do your opening statement, you don't have to go into the topics in depth. You can just say, well, I want to talk about, you know, our workplace culture. I want to talk about the care of the children or I want to talk about how we communicate or whatever it might be. And then the mediator together with the both of you, because you each get an opportunity to do that, can set an agenda. And then you can start talking about one issue at a time. And the value of that is several things. One of them is, is often people talk about X to resolve Y. So they start talking about a topic, but because they're in high conflict, they completely go somewhere else. So one of the job as a mediator is to go, okay, we're actually not talking about that. We're talking about this. So let's just talk about this. And then, you know, you just stay on track, which is really great. The other part of it is, is that if you have, for example, seven agenda items and you just want to try to resolve them all, but you end up resolving six, but not seven, 
then when you go to the court, you can say to the court, we resolved everything beside one little thing, so can you please deal with that? And they call that narrowing the issues down. And the courts really like that and people really like that because guess what? You now can have a really short time in court instead of, again, I'm making these time frames up, but instead of four-day trial, you might have a half-a-day trial. So it saves everyone a lot of time and money. And I always say to my clients, if you can't agree on everything, it doesn't mean that it was not a great mediation. You agreed on all the other stuff. And, you know, this is one thing that you have a different view on, but it doesn't mean you're awful people, right? So make sure you keep communicating. Make sure you stay on track with everything else you have agreed upon and just take that one thing to court. So after the mediator has set an agenda, then you can really start delving into each agenda item. So what's been happening? You know, what is everyone's concerns? And this is where you and the other person will start talking to each other and the mediator will facilitate the conversation. And by facilitating, I mean that they will help you not to get stuck, but also they do need to listen a lot. So if the mediator, if you're talking to the mediator all the time and the mediator is talking to you at one point, the mediation is not going well. It's really designed for you and the other party to learn to communicate together. And, you know, some people haven't had any conversations for years and years and end. So that is the beauty of mediation, that people get to have conversations. And that's what I love so much about it, because I have clients that sometimes haven't spoken in years and years and years. So for them just to have a conversation, even if they don't come to an agreement right away, that in itself is just a massive breakthrough. I just want to give you a quick message before we get back to this episode. You can get full access to free training in which I will give you three simple communication techniques that can change everything in your relationship. All you have to do is visit don'truinyourrelationship.com. People pay money to get trained by me and you can get access to this training for free. So do yourself a favor and make sure you watch this free training now at don'truinyourrelationship.com. And I think what, you know, happens in conversation is that when you're in conflict with someone and you get really like big ideas about what's happening for the other parent or party, depending on if it's a parenting matter or a workplace matter is, but often people get really evil in, in each other's mind because they don't see each other, they don't talk to each other and a lot of assumptions are being thrown around. So the other person doesn't care or it's not really difficult for them or whatever it might be. But when you have a conversation, you can actually see you know, how it's been impacting the other person and they become human again. You can apologize to each other. You can say, oh my God, I had no idea that this is how it was for you. And you can really share, you know, your emotions and and what's really important. And it does mean that you, you know, have to choose to be a little bit vulnerable sometimes. But I think being vulnerable is really powerful because you talk about what actually matters to you. And in that way, if you can resolve matters when you talk about what's actually really important to both of you, then you get like brilliant agreements. Because sometimes people get really stuck on what it is that they want and it's not really about that. So part of the mediation is that the mediator needs to figure out what are the underlying issues. So why does everyone want what they want? What is it all about? So there's a whole lot of mediation that you and the other party are just talking to each other and the mediator will manage the conversation. What I often say to my clients is, oh, you guys manage the content. 
So you talk about what's important to you. You are the guys that are making the agreements. However, I manage everything else so you don't have to worry about it. So you can concentrate on the content. Often there's so much to worry about when people talk to each other. Like, would it get out of hand? Like, oh, I feel uncomfortable or intimidated or whatever it might be. And I manage all these things that, you know, it doesn't get out of hand, that it stays on topic, that people are respectful and I reframe things, I'll clarify things, and it really helps the conversation. So having a mediator there is just really helpful to clarify things and to get out of the stuckness that you could have with someone. If you try it many, many times, you can't get out of it. It just really works to have a third party there who can focus you on the topics at hand, who can, you know, help you focus on the future. What is it that you're going to do now to make this better? What do you need from each other? What requests do you need to make? So you can get some coaching around that. And then if you come to agreements in the session, then, you know, this is what I do. I type them up for my clients while we're all together. The clients can have input in that agreement and then I email them out and then people can decide what they want to do with that agreement legally. That's completely up to you. So What there is to do to prepare for mediation is your opening statement. So what are the things that you want to talk about? And I always say to my clients, just work through what, you know, you really want. Because often people talk to me about what they don't want. But what is it that you would really like and why? You know, if it's just to annoy the other party, that's probably not the best reason. So it's really about what is it that you want and why and get really, really clear on that. And of course, be negotiable. And come up with lots of different ways to get to results. So to to really go, okay, this is what I want. However, how we get there, it doesn't really matter. So let's look at the different options. And when, you know, you have two parties that come in that both have been creative beforehand, have really thought through what they really like and are really clear in articulating that, that makes a huge difference. Also, you've got to remember that often when you come to mediation, people are really nervous. People have not slept the night before. You know, so your brain might not be working in, on an optimal level. And part of my job as a mediator is to keep a safe space so people can relax and not go into flight, fright and freeze mode and really just really calm down and then have a really good negotiation. However, it is logical that you're not going to feel super comfortable in that room, right? So make sure you, if you work through all these things and you have a really solid plan, but also you want to make some notes or whatever it is that makes you feel comfortable, you go in there a lot more confident regardless and a lot more clear, which is always a good thing. And that also, the preparation also involves getting advice from professionals. I'm not saying take on that advice as gospel. Some people do that. I'll say, okay, so this is all the advice I've got. It could be lawyers, financial advisors, accountants. You might see a counselor, whatever it might be. So, you know, that's part of the intake session. We'll talk about what kind of people you need to see because information is power. You make an informed decision. And that's also for me as a mediator, it's great when people get lots of information because they will make informed decisions, which is great for me because I have a duty of care to make sure that people don't do anything they don't really want to do, right? So get all your advice and then you make the decisions. Always remember when you get advice that this is the advice based on the law or based on tax accounting or based on whatever it might be, but this is your life. Sometimes people say to me, oh, I don't know what I need to decide. I need to talk to my lawyer. And if it's for advice, I have no issue with it. But if it's just because you can't make a decision or you're not, you know, you want your lawyer to tell you what to do, well, it's not, it, like I said, it's not their life. Of course, you can do that. People are free to get advice whenever they want. That's not what I'm trying to say. But I think it's important for you to work through what it is that you want to do with the advice you've got. 
And also in mediation, we talk a lot about communication and how in the future you're going to communicate with the other party so you don't get into the same, you know, problems. Because the reality of it is you can have amazing agreements in place, but if you have really, really poor communication with each other, at one point you'll end up in a conflict situation again. So prepare yourself for mediation by seeing professionals, you know, writing down your opening statement, thinking about the issues at hand that you want to discuss and about the outcomes that you would like and be negotiable on those outcomes. Be open. And also, I always say to my clients, think about the bigger picture. So let's take a family matter as an example. You know, sometimes people want something and they want it right away. And I totally understand that. Let's just say 50-50 care. But the kids might be really little or they haven't been used to something. And for me, as a mediator, I don't really mind if parents agree on things that, you know, they think are going to work for their kids. I'm not there to give advice. So whatever works for them and their kids, that's fine. Unless it's something illegal, then I won't cooperate. But otherwise, people are really know what to, you know, people know what to do. But sometimes one person wants to build it up and says, well, you have two days a week now, then for six months you do three days a week and then for another five months you do five days a week. I'm making this up, right? And then at one point we'll get to 50-50, but I don't want to do it in one go. And the other party might not be happy with that. And also that's understandable because they want to see their children half of the time. But some of the things that you need to think about, and that's the advice you need to get from, for example, lawyers, is about, okay, so if I don't agree in mediation, even it might feel unfair and something that you're not happy with, if I go to court tomorrow, how long would it take to get through that process? How much money is it going to cost me? And what is going to be the impact on the relationship with the other party? So sometimes the answer might be, and I'm not saying it is because this is not legal advice, disclaimer, disclaimer. This is just to give you an understanding how negotiations sometimes can be a bit counterintuitive, but in the end, still better for you. So you can go, okay, if I go to court now, I won't get a hearing for six months. Again, I'm making up these time frames, but let's say I can get a hearing for six months. And then before I get to, you know, any decision, making by the court we're a year you know we're a year further so if I say no 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 I don't want to do any of that then that's what I'm looking at you know 70 100 I don't know lots of thousands of dollars and all that time plus the relationship will probably deteriorate because everyone has to start writing affidavits about each other and often they are not very positive so it's very stressful there's also lots of mental health involved so all those kind of things so then the question is, would you rather build up an agreement that you're not 100% happy with over six months, but in six months time, you will be in the agreement you wanted at the first place and you then have, you know, no court costs, no mental health issues and the relationship might get better, then it might be something you want to consider. Again, I'm not saying it's a good idea and this is just one example. We could have millions of examples, but all I'm trying to say is when you negotiate a mediation about your business, about your family, about whatever it might be, think about the bigger picture. That's why you need to also get legal advice. So the consequences of when you don't agree. So you want to know your best alternative to a negotiated agreement and your worst alternative from a negotiated agreement. So you know when you want to walk away from something and say, no, this is unacceptable. I do not want to do that. Or when you're still going to be negotiable. Also in mediation, I think it's important you pick a mediator that you're both comfortable with. And most mediators are great, but there might be someone that you don't feel comfortable with or for whatever reason, and that's okay. So make sure you, you pick a mediator together. I think that's really helpful. It doesn't always happen, but if you can do that, that is a helpful thing to do. So you pick a mediator together, you prepare yourself, 
after the intake session for mediation. And if you're really nervous, then do some things that will help you not being so nervous. So it is about preparation. So you know you're prepared, you feel more confident. You might want to do some meditation. Um, you might want to have a support person bringing you who is not going to go into, I don't allow support persons in the room or in the building because it can cause problems. But someone to pick you up, to drop you off, you know, plan some time before the mediation and after that you don't have to rush off to something else. So you can have some moments to decompress or because it can be quite intense. You know, mediations are normally three, hours minimum and sometimes we do an entire day so it's quite tiring so make sure that you also throughout the mediation that you eat properly that you you know ask for a break when you want to go up and have a walk around the park and also really say no or I don't know when you don't want to agree to something never feel rushed never feel like you have to make a decision because you know you can always come back or you can always say I'll let you know tomorrow or you know or I need to get more information I rather have my clients say that than agree to something and then they're not going to do it because that really causes issues. Then conflict will just go through the roof because someone gave their word and now they're breaking it. So that never works. So rather think about things or say, I'm just not 100% sure, then that you're going to commit to something that you're not going to do. So, you know, basically you have intake sessions and then you have a mediation session. It could be one mediation or two mediations. And also you can review your mediation agreement. So you do one for three months or six months and then you come back to mediation and have a look at how it worked out. So these are some tips and tricks on what mediation is, also what it looks like, but also what you can do to prepare yourself. I hope it really helps you to feel more prepared for mediation and have a bit more of an understanding about it. Like all my details, you can find them anywhere around this podcast. So if you have more questions about it, I'm more than happy to answer them. I go to workplaces so I can come to your business to mediate. And, you know, lots of things are happening online now anyway. I can do conflict coaching. I do it with family, a lot of family law matters. So if you have any questions about anything to do with mediation or if you want to be trained in mediation, also something that I could help you with. So please feel free to contact me about any of that. And um, I just hope you know, you're going to be happy in mediating and anyone who is going into mediation, I hope you get a really great result. And if there's anyone you know that has to do mediation or is not sure about where to start with mediation, send them this recording. So, you know, a lot of questions that people ask me, I've answered in here and I really hope it's of value to you. See you next episode. Bye.